0: Delco, what is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through, never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to one ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old barback. You're just waiting for your build big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's anything special from Delco except being a Delco guy. I kind of like it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first installment of Delco Baseball Now with your host, Brendan Ricciardi. I'm sitting here in my lovely Westchester home. I know it's a little bit of a letdown to find out that the man behind Delco Baseball Now does not currently live in Delco. But for the first 20 years of my existence, I grew up in media, and I went to Strathaven High School. That's where I started off my baseball career. I played there for a little bit. I went to Penn State Brandywine for a year before playing the next couple of years for the club team at Penn State University at the main campus, which is where I currently play. I have one, hopefully one year left. Still trying to work that out, potentially, uh, at the very least, one semester left there before I... Wash away in the Delco League like the rest of the unbelievable talent that we have playing in this league. But before I spend, you know, hopefully a very long time talking to all the great Delco baseball players, coaches, fans that we have to offer here, just wanted to say a little bit about myself just to kind of get that out of the way. And, you know, once I start doing interviews, I kind of want to keep the focus more on the person I'm interviewing. Of course, you know, if I had my own. Stories to share and my own different types of things that I feel like will contribute. You know, I I don't want to try and have that be repeating too much, but just, you know, to kind of get that out of the way, I am a journalism major at Penn State. Uh, It wasn't always that way. I started off as an education major when I went in, and during the COVID shutdown, my buddies and I really like everybody else, didn't really have much to do. So we started doing sports podcasts. We started doing different writing things just to kind of keep us entertained. You know, just one of those nights where sitting out at a bonfire with pretty much nothing to do, just doing the same thing you did the night before and the same thing you're going to do the day after. So we started doing a fantasy football podcast about our own specific league, not about, like, just fantasy football in general, just our own specific league. My friend Ryan Elias. So that kind of turned into... When I really found out that I liked being behind a microphone, I liked being on the air, I liked doing things related to sports as opposed to doing things in the classroom. That's nothing against teaching. It was just I realized that I liked teaching, but I love doing this. So I realized that I really did not have to add as much on the communications and education. General eds were very similar Penn State, so I pretty much... Switch to journalism, and I always wanted to talk. I mean, baseball is and always will be my number one sport, but I understand that, you know, in this town, football, and just in Pennsylvania in general, football will always be king, but that's something that I hope to also go into as well. But baseball was pretty much how it started. I did a Phillies podcast with my friend Drew Robinson last year called Breaking the Bank. A lot of fun doing that. Got to talk to a lot of really cool guests, writers, former players, anything that we could Due to try and get people to listen, but the reality of the situation is that life happens and Drew got a big boy job and you know, same thing with Elias and you know, it's it's something where for everybody else it was obviously serious, but it's something where it's not their profession, it's not their job, and it's something that if it interferes with having to do real stuff, then it is what it is. And and that's just kind of how it went. So the Delco media group was what we did everything under. I did a Delco league show last summer as well, which turned out to be pretty cool because I joined a team that I, I hate to put it bluntly. I, I didn't expect to go as far into the postseason as we did. And we ended up winning the championship with upper Derby last year. And throughout most of the regular season, you know, I wasn't starting all that much overall. So I, I didn't really have to talk about myself. That much, but once the playoffs came and we had some injuries, some guys go away, and and I got you know thwarted into into the spotlight, and you know I have to come back on here and, and talk about myself in in the first person, which was pretty fun. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it was, it was pretty entertaining just because I successfully avoided all year. I was kind of hoping we could just win it all without me having to do much, but it was it was really cool, and that kind of made me realize that I like doing local sports. I like doing stuff where it's it's Delaware County based. It's the niche that I like. It's the group of very passionate individuals, uh, to say the least. Also, I apologize if this chair behind me is cracking. Uh, I'll get to a little bit later in my my story here why I have to be sitting in this chair to begin with, but not really much I can control there. But I, I realized that the Delco Sports were what I wanted to do. I feel like the the passion, and you know, this goes further than sports too, and people in Delaware County have a lot of pride about being from Delaware County. And, you know, you you see it on, on the internet, people from all over the world, you know, representing Delco and people are able to form these relationships with people just because of where they're from. And, and this, you know, little region in Southeastern Pennsylvania has so much talent, whether it be, you know, on the field or anything that is, you know, being able to be turned into a television show like *The Mayor of Easttown*, it's it's very very funny how the the, the pride of Delco is is seen, and I I kind of wanted to give back to that because I'll be the first one to admit I, I'm I'm from media. I went to Strath and I don't necessarily talk like I'm from Delco, and I I always wondered if that's something that would <laughs> that would kind of like hold me back or like affect me in doing what i want to do here but i'm just going to be myself here i you know you can't really replicate at least not at (laughs) a very high level but that's how it pretty much started for me with the delco league it's a league that's been around for over 100 years It's the oldest semi-professional baseball league in the country not just this region not just the east coast this entire country spanning back to before world war one there's a lot of cool history here and for someone like me who is a lot more focused like specialized in like technology and doing stuff with editing I think that I am able to bring the element of storytelling that's been around forever in the Delco League and kind of try and modernize it a little bit you know the old cliches bring it to the 21st century but just trying to do things that appeal as much as I can to the players and you know hopefully that's that's something that I can do with this podcast here. Interviews are gonna be the big chunk of it. And I I kind of got into more writing about Delco baseball back in the spring. There was one day I tell this story, I was making a frozen pizza uh, in my, my state college house, and I had like 20, 25 minutes to kill. So I started looking up, you know, how some of my old Strath Haven baseball teammates, you know, were doing in their college season. Luke Mutz, Brady Mutz. Anthony Vigiano, just looking around and kind of just you know catching up, and that got me looking at guys on other teams i played against, the Cantwells, the Mathises from Marple, uh, Billy Corcoran was one of my old teammates with Nether Province Legion, and you know he's having a great year at Pitt. So I kind of realized that if I'm going to be spending all this time looking just for my own curiosity about how all these guys are doing, that I might as well try and do something with it. So I realized that I had free time, I had four classes. And a lot of my classes were more in the, once you get deep in my majors, broadcast journalism, a lot of it's just done in class, live radio shows, just things that you, you're really need to be in the studio there to kind of do. So I had a lot of free time when I wasn't at practice or at games or anything just to to do this. So I, I realized there's something that I could do once a week and just kind of try and get an audience and see if it's something that people would receive well, and and it was whether it was the parents, whether it was the players, just different people from the area that enjoy Delco baseball, and in I kind of tried to bring some nostalgia, like you know, oh here's a name that I haven't seen since you know my son played little league when when he was twelve, and you know and he's out playing Division one baseball, like, that's pretty cool, and and that's kind of what I wanted to try and recognize that, so I did that for a while, and I did that throughout most of the college season, and it got so deep into the season where everybody else was playing in the postseason, and I wanted to cover it, but I was playing in the postseason myself. And it, it became something where I, I ended up writing about a, a first-person perspective for my club baseball team because we made it to the World Series this year. And we played Delaware in the regional championship. Basically, the club baseball format, think the exact same type thing as the NCAA Division I tournament, where there are regional tournaments – there's no super regionals. So instead of that, it, there's eight regional tournaments and then the eight winners go straight to the world series just because there's less teams and less programs involved. So we win the regional championship. I write about all of our time there and I'm getting ready to start, you know, documenting our world series trip. And as well as, you know, Westchester is on a world series trip. There's five guys from Delco Mercer County. Juco is headed to the Juco world series. There's a Strathhaven guy on that team. And on the last day of practice, before we headed down to Lander University in South Carolina, I absolutely destroyed my ankle in just a freak accident where a base plug got left on the field. And I went to plant. I played first base. I went to plant on a ball that was hit that went into foul territory, and I stepped on it. And at the time, I was told it was just a high ankle sprain from the emergency room. So I'm in a boot and crutches. I, I knew I probably wasn't playing that week in the World Series anyway, which... Obviously it was a lot to process at the time, but I, you know, I, I was there. It was still, I mean, it was still the best week of my life and I could barely walk and had a lifetime of experiences that we made it all the way to the final four where we ended up losing to Florida state who ended up winning the national championship. We had four more starters get injured. It was an absolute nightmare. We were limping to the finish line, but it was so much fun. It was an unbelievable atmosphere to be at and, you know, I'm hoping if I get the chance to play again next year that I'll be able to make it back and and make it worth it. But that that kind of put me in a tough place mentally where I just I really couldn't, you know, open the laptop and start, you know, writing about how everyone else was doing and their playoffs and their World Series and everything else. When, you know, I just got my heart broken by a fluke accident, you know, the day before I've been waiting to play in a World Series my whole life, just like everybody else, you know, no matter what level it is, you see the words World Series, and it, it just means more, so I kind of took a break from that, I didn't really want to, I didn't really have to, like, announce, you know, anything, like, it's, I had a good following at that point, but not enough that it was, like, people were going to start, you know, like, tweeting at me, or, or asking, like, oh, where's the article this week, like, it was always just for fun at that point, but now I come home from the trip, I'm in this, you know, ankle boot, finding out from a second opinion that it actually is broken as well as having the torn ligaments from the sprain. So I'm going to be in the boot a little bit longer than I realized. So I I'd kind of had ideas to start my own page, like something a little bit more than just writing. Cause if I'm being honest, I think my favorite thing to do overall is interviews because interviews are, in my opinion, the most authentic, you know, you get to talk to someone, you get to hear their stories. I, I do like writing as well, but it's just something about being able to, to talk to people, and me personally, I, I like listening to interviews, whether it's Pardon My Take from Barstool, it's probably my favorite podcast to listen to, pretty much anything baseball-related, I'll, I'll tune into uh, Starting Nine, which is now called Baseball's Dead. It used to be a Barstool show, now it's DraftKings. Just anything baseball-related in interviews. I always liked how they would interview like active MLB players, and it's just a perspective that you can't get anywhere else. There's nobody else that, that knows the things that they do and have the experience and the the memories and things that they can share like the way that those players do. So I, I realized that I could do something that nobody else is currently doing, and that is starting this show. And that's something where... You know, I could talk to high school players and coaches about their season, about recruiting, about, you know, showcase teams. Cause I was kind of a late bloomer in my baseball like development. Like I wasn't even sure I was going to be playing baseball in college until I was a senior and had a, a really good year and got a lot stronger and kind of put it all together. But, you know, I, I never really had that experience where, you know, oh, I can't go, you know, to my buddy's grad party. I'm, I'm flying down to Georgia for a tournament or I, I can't do this cause I got a workout. Like it's, it's it's something that I want to learn more about. And, you know, starting from that level, then you got college guys that are playing, you know, higher levels of baseball than myself. Like, don't get me wrong, you know, club baseball, once you get deep in the year is very good. You know, we got guys on our team that can hit 90. We got guys on our team that are hitting balls 400 feet like it's it's very good baseball. Once you get past kind of some of the smaller schools along the way and and get deep into the tournaments. But yeah, you know, I don't know what it's like to play that Division One schedule where you're playing 40-50 games, like you're playing, you know, on ESPN, like things like that. And I think a lot of other people will probably feel the same way that that that's something that they would enjoy, and that's kind of why I'm here to do this. Whether it's you know players, whether it's coaches, whether it's fans, you know, whatever it may be, and Delco League is definitely something that I'm going to be incorporating with the interviews, and it. In a way, this could kind of be a year-round thing. Uh, I feel like once it comes to the fall and the winter, it'll kind of be more like you know a high school guy commits to a school, and then I bring him on the show, talk to him about that, maybe even try and reach out to his, whether it be his high school or college coach, just to do that. So that's pretty much what I'm, I'm planning on doing for this show here. Throughout most of the times, I'll, I'm going to try and do an interview as often as possible just because it's a solo act, you know, when it was my Philly show, uh, I had Drew with me all the time, and and people want to hear our voices, and, you know, when it's just me, which is obviously fine, there'll be times where I will do it on my own if it's a shorter episode, or I have something, you know, more significant to talk about, but I'll even toss in some Phillies. I mean, I feel like a good 90%, 95% of Delco overall would probably be Phillies fans, and if not, you know, if you're a Yankees fan, well, I'm going to make you sit through the Phillies fan. If you're a Mets fan, well, I'm going to make you sit through and listen to uh, the Phillies fan because that's what you get for living in Delco and being uh, a fan of a New York team or anything like that. Red Sox, I'm I'm borderline. You guys, I think we have a mutual agreement that we hate the Yankees, so I think we can coexist. But, you know, overall, that that's kind of what I want to do anything relating to baseball here and it doesn't even have to just be the leagues you know high school college and Delco League are all big but even just feature stories whether it be like a Little League team going on a run to Williamsport whether it be a um, there's a blind baseball organization that reached out to me uh, for a team called the Philadelphia Fire and they're having a tournament uh, that I'll give more details about later just Things that are that are Delco baseball, and just that—that's what it's all about. Just trying to tell everybody's stories the best that I can. You know that—that's pretty much my whole like personal spiel here. Just kind of wanted to get that, you know, out of out of the way early. Just kind of, you know, lay lay the foundation for what I want this show to be because I don't want to spend, you know, most of it talking about myself and and uh, my own experiences, which of course, as I mentioned, will, will come up. But for right now, I think we'll get things rolling on this debut episode by getting to some Delco League action from this summer. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the reigning Delco League champions are the Upper Derby Blue Sox. It is the first Delco League Championship in the history of the franchise. A 27-year franchise that has been in the hands of Dave Jordan the entire time. He's been the head coach of the team since halfway through the first season when he took over for the interim manager who resigned during the year. And it's been his ship ever since. And last season was a magical run. Uh, I'll try and avoid as many cliches as possible. But it was it was a team that just never died. I mean, we, we went into the, the playoffs as the two-seed. And we, we swept Springfield, but then we got in a series with Aston Valley where we lose game one and we are one out away from going down two nothing with former Houston Astros prospect Chris Murphy on the mound for game three. And that was probably not gonna go very well. And then Sammy Berman, clutches hit I've probably ever been a part of uh, outside of maybe this, this World Series run we had this year, but Sammy Berman hit a, a two run double that if it didn't creep over the fence for a ground rule double, it would have cleared the bases and won the game. But that kept us alive. Then an absolute warrior performance from Johnny Gonzalez, fifty pitches on Wednesday, fifty pitches on Thursday, at forty-nine years old. Wins the Delco League MVP, and then Game Five was an eight-to-three win at O'Hara to to lock things up. And during that season, uh, it was it was when I started doing the Delco League podcast. Uh, Wayne manager Brian Feely, who was my my Strathaven head coach had reached out to me asking if I wanted to join Wayne next year, not necessarily to play, but to help run their Twitter, help run their website, uh, just start doing like different social media stuff. I stream the games and you know I, I was I was conflicted at first because it was my first year on Upper Derby after two years at Springfield and I wanted to try and you know keep playing for Upper Derby. But I mean this is a job. This is my my summer job for the year. I mean, with the ankle right now, I'm, I'm pretty much only leaving the house to go to the gym or to go here. So I, I joined Wayne this year, and to put it you know bluntly, Wayne has been the talk of the town this year. Off to a 10-0 and start to the season after two Delco League championships in 2019 and 2020. They lost in the semis to Aston last year, and Brian Feely went out, and he found some guys that he felt would bring this team back to the top, a team that's won 17 Delco League championships in – Only, you know, the 36 years they've been in the league, they joined the league in 1986, and it's been the best dynasty in Delco League history. They're five ahead of second place, which was back when the Delco League used to do sponsors, and it was Tinicum Air Conditioning, which I recently found out Jamie Moyer actually played for. He was a part of a five-peat in the Delco League, which was one of my favorite historical facts about this league but you know the Wayne team this year is really really talented and it starts it starts with Luke Mutz because Luke Mutz was a guy that won the 2020 Delco League MVP and he went to the perfect game league in New York last year and you know he's back with Wayne this year full-time he just graduated from Swarthmore where he was a centennial conference player of the year he's having an absurd start to the year he's hitting 536 through the team's first 10 games He's got a 17-10 OPS, which is absolutely insane. He has four home runs already, and there was a stretch this year where he reached base in 22 out of 33 at-bats, which is just unbelievable. And that's not even to mention the defense that he brings at shortstop. Really been the leadoff guy every game, and has been a huge part of this coming back. And then another guy he got coming back is Cameron Mathis. He was a guy that played at Marple Newtown High School. Recently just graduated from Villanova, and he has fit right back into this rotation. He was mostly a bullpen pitcher at Villanova, so it's kind of just about getting him to get that workload back up to be more of a starter because on this team, that's what he's mostly going to be used for. And another starter, Anthony Ealy. He he got brought in this year from Abington High School. He's going to be playing his college baseball at Seton Hall next year, and he's came in this year, and what has he done? Well, he's just thrown 15 straight shutout innings to start his Delco League career. He's had three starts, five innings, five shutout innings. Against Narberth, he was perfect through the first four. He's been really good with his fastball location early on this year, and he's been able to establish that and get those breaking balls working. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how that success, you know, goes throughout the whole season. But it's, it's pretty much as good of a start as you can ask for. And another guy just recently brought in David Ferguson. He pitched for Pitt this year currently in the transfer portal he made his Wayne debut during the last week at Aston and you know there's there's obviously a lot of new guys a lot of guys that have played on the team in the past but the core from last year still very very much there Stephen Wells he won the MVP last year he had 11 homers Matt Breiner, Nate Size, both Pencrest and Alvernia alums playing together pretty much their whole baseball careers and I'm glad to see that uh, they get to keep that going. And you got Reese Malik, Ashton Reigns, But most importantly here is the recent dad strength that has been acquired by Sean Mulholland, a uh, veteran for Wayne. He's been around this team for a long time. And, you know, this, this team has very clearly been the best team in the league. 10-0 is not a joke. Obviously, it's, it's tough in the Delco League when there's a lot of times where you can't get everybody, whether that be because guys are out of town, because they have work, but they've just been very consistent this year. A couple close calls. There was a game where they were down by 11 runs, and they ripped off 11 straight runs in one inning before recording a single out. And that kind of just shows the firepower that this team has. It's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they got three games this week all in a row. Now I'm recording this on Monday night, so it gets started on what was supposed to be tonight. Now is tomorrow at Monsignor Bonner High School. It's against Narberth. Then following that up, Wednesday and Thursday, matchups with Aston and Marple Newtown. All right, moving on here, let's talk a little bit more about those Upper Darby Blue Sox. They got the banner up in the right field fence, but the biggest question that everybody is asking about the Upper Darby Blue Sox this year is how would they recover from losing me? I'm just, I'm partially kidding. No, I'm, I'm very much joking here, but it was very funny that, on the first matchup between Wayne and upper Darby that I believe the first, I don't know what, what the exact number was, but the, the entire starting lineup was pretty much the same, except I was not the DH. And I think there was a different outfielder in the mix there, but it it was pretty cool to see that entire team, you know, staying together. They got these fancy new uniforms added a little light blue looking, uh, looking very Villanova right now, but it's, it's cool to see that Johnny Gonzalez is back 49 year old man. He fired a complete game. In the opening uh, opening day of the season against Aston Valley, he threw six innings with only one run allowed against Wayne and a tough one nothing loss uh, last Friday night. And the dude still got it. If you you ask any guy in this league, does he throw overpowering fastball? No, but he throws like eight different pitches. They all dip and dive and duck and dodge every single direction that you really never know. And you're not going to square the fastball up unless you just completely sell out on it and you know it's coming just going off of experience facing him. But they brought in some some youth as well. They, they lost Ace Tommy Derry. He went to the Frontier League, which is partnered with Major League Baseball. So congratulations to him. Brought in Colby McNeely. He is going to Ryder University. He was on the state champion Haverford school team. They brought in Johnny Fitzpatrick, who will be heading to Westchester. He was Sammy Berman's teammate at Friends Central. But it's just a team that has no intentions of giving up that trophy anytime soon. They they've been powered by Tyler Summerall, who was the first baseman. Uh, He played for Stephen F. Austin. He's sitting 448 right now. He's got two homers and, you know, a couple a couple close losses here. But the Blue Sox are a very good team. And what what they now have is experience because every Blue Sox team in the past has had their season end with heartbreak. So to have that group of guys be able to have that experience, knowing that they can do it, it might not be the exact team but they can still do it, is going to be very good for them. So definitely a team to watch out for as they hope to try and keep the trophy here. But one team that is hoping to end a bit of a drought is the Springfield Colonials. And they're a team that, now their record is deceiving because they're 8-5 and five right now, but every single loss has been by one or two runs. That's it. No, no games that they've lost have been like a three run game or more. So it's a team that you hear the old cliche where it's like good teams win close games. And obviously that is true. But at the end of the day, the fact that they are in all of these games and are just a hit or two away kind of shows that they're not getting blown out. Good teams don't get blown out like that often. You look at the run differential and it's great. They're a team that now that they can kind of get comfortable, they got both the Cantwells back Andrew and Luke both came back from their World Series trip, and they're both on the roster, showing up and you know playing as regulars. They got Jared Sweeney, uh, Division I third baseman for Lehigh. He's he's on the hot corner there. Another Division One player at first base, Sean Phelan from Penn. This is a very good roster. And Steve Trainer, my old Brandywine uh, hitting coach for for a year, and I, I played for him for Springfield as well for two years. Has you know he's he's actually been producing a little bit uh, when when needed on the mound and at the plate too, but. He's uh he's in his late twenties now. He he obviously hopes he doesn't have to do that, but you know, deep down he he's always ready to to put himself in if if needed, but he's done a good job recruiting. He's been able to get guys to consistently come and play there, and I, I kinda just wish they, they got away from church road. Maybe this is just because I am slow, but I don't like fields without fences because I kind of have to leg it out. Like I'm not hitting a home run unless there's a fence, if we're just being honest. Like, uh, it's it's going to take me a little while, unless I just hit a line drive that goes for for a country mile. But no, this is a very good team, and they have Will Kelly, who was a guy that went into Ursinus as a football and baseball player. Just plays football now, but he's leading the way. He's hitting 450 this year, and I'll tell you what, the kid loves to drop a bunt down. Sometimes not in the best spots, but I, I respect the commitment to getting the bunt down. And, you know, Springfield has not won a title since 1999, which is surprising for a team that is always in the mix there. But that was the year I was born, if you need a point of reference for how long it's been for the Colonials. But, you know, they, they have a lot of their core back from last year. For them, it's just going to be a matter of making sure the pitching is right for the playoffs. Because last year, they had a tough blow when Andrew Cantwell... And Joe Sperone from Westchester had to to get shut down and get ready for their season. And they kind of ran out of arms in our playoff series. So that's going to be pretty much the, the biggest question for Steve Traynor and his team is what what he wants to be able to to do there. And how he's going to be able to push the right buttons. Alright, let's move on to another team here with an even bigger uh, championship drought than Springfield. And that would be Chester. And Chester is kind of an unknown team in this league in the sense that they don't use game changers, so their stats are kind of hard to find. They don't have that many guys from Delco overall compared to like some of the other teams and compared to some of the other teams around the league. They have not won a Delco League championship in 105 years. Now, I don't know for a fact if they were in the league all that time, but on the Delco League website, there's a past champions tab, and you can go back and find pretty much anything that you want from uh, William Cloud Alexander all the way to Lou Sosha. And it's it's amazing to me if they've been around this entire time that in a league with only currently only seven teams, of course it's been bigger than that in the past, hasn't won in 105 years. But they are having uh, an interesting year by their standards just because it's not who they are. They're usually been a team that every game's low-scoring. And, and usually for both sides because their pitching's been so good. They had Darian Reagans last year throwing absolute gas from the left side. And he's no longer here. And Kalen Rigner was a big inning eater for them. He's no longer there. But they've been scoring. And and their games are a lot more high-scoring overall than they have been in the past. They added Mark Gervasi. He hit a walk-off grand slam uh, against Marple Newtown. And he's kind of the meat in the order that they've needed for a little while. He's a switch-inning outfielder, which is is something that I, I feel like I've never played in a game with Chester and saw someone on their team hit a home run. They're more of like a a timely hitting team that overall in the past has kind of relied on defense. They used to have a shortstop that I I don't believe I know his name that would just make some unbelievable plays there. Like, you know, tip your cap running back to the dugout plays. But it's it's gonna be interesting to see which of their you know, offense and defense, if any, kind of reverts back to the mean. Because if they're able to get the better pitching that they've had in the past combined with this offense, well, that's what they've been lacking, and that's what they need to get over the hump in the playoffs that they've been waiting for for a while. You look at it from the other way, but what if the bats start to go cold and the arms still aren't pitching the, the, the way that they are expecting to? Then they're going to be in trouble. So I think they are probably the team with the highest – I would say, like, versatility in the sense that if they get, you know, some guys in and play clean defense, that they could beat a team in, in a series. Maybe it might be tougher for them to beat the teams in a five-game series, but they could sneak that first-round win in. And until they kind of just show more of the arms, it's, it's going to be tough for them. But with that being said, there's still plenty of time, and we're not even halfway through the season yet. And sometimes those late-season acquisitions where all you need is to get those appearances in can do wonders all right let's move on to the narberth mudcats a team that is a two-time delco league champion both in the last six years they had one of the best teams basically the delco league has seen in a long time in 2020 they just ran into a wayne team with oh geez maybe like five draft picks four draft picks corcoran potential i mean he was picked once chris newell Shane Montz, Jimmy Kingsbury. I mean, just what an unbelievable team they had that year. But the Narberth Mudcats last year, they they got swept in the first round by Springfield. And, you know, that's a disappointing year for their standards. They are a team that has overall not been around that long, but they have shown themselves to be a lot more competitive than that. And this year, it's been kind of tough to evaluate them because, as I wrote about in the power rankings, which for anybody that wants to read them, You can go to DelcoBaseballNow.com, find them under the blogs and the news page. I guess it's a good time to plug that website here. Uh, I also have standings on there. I also have uh, the podcast will be on there uh, when it's fully up and running, and I get all the green light from all the different places that I will be having it streamed off of. But I'll be doing those weekly power rankings there. And as I talked about a little bit in the power rankings with Narberth, it's hard to really judge them because I feel like they're kind of still trying to figure out who their guys are for this year. And on Game Changer, you know, they started off the season 0-5, but then they stormed back to win four straight games. So I think that they're, it seems like they're starting to gel a little bit more because they have had nobody that has more than 16 plate appearances and nobody that has more than six innings pitched. Now, could some games not be in there? Sure, some, Some stats, sure, but I'm just going off of what I have right now. And what I do know is that Pat Toll, who graduated from the Hatford School, he's currently at Cabrini, uh, he's been really good on the staff right now, and he's also a hitter as well. And having those two way guys is not overall common in the Delco League. I I feel like that's something that we're not really seeing too much of. It's obviously there. Every team's got, you know, a few, but not those that are consistently good at both sides. And another signing that has been big for them is Paul Kokel. He plays his college baseball at St. Joe's. And he was on Marple Newtown last season. And I don't know the specifics on what led him to change. I, you know, wonder if it was just maybe he felt like he had a better chance to win with Narberth. Maybe it was the teammates that he's playing with, whether it be college or high school that, you know, wanted him to go there. But he's been doing very well. And Christian Rush, another new addition to the team, is hitting 400. But going to be interesting to see how uh, head coach steve DeBarber, who's also the bonner high school head coach is going to have this team gel together because you know if you look at the raw talent on the team there's a lot of very good baseball players there but it's it's kind of just the unknown right now that's, that's pretty much uh, how i feel about this team and they've only played nine of their 24 games this year so there's going to be a lot to learn about them but overall i have them at four out of seven on the power rankings it feels right kind of like right in the middle of the pack but we will move on to the next team here. we got the Aston Valley Knights. And I got to admit, when I went to the first game for Wayne that we played against Aston Valley, I was a bit surprised because it's a very different looking team from the team that we played in the finals for Upper Derby in five games last year. And I think a lot of that is because Jared Carney and Matt Domian are no longer with the team. And I think that was the connection for a lot of the Delaware guys, whether that be Wilmington, Goldie Beacom, uh, university of and that 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 put a, that put a dent in them. That hurt their pitching staff and it hurt their lineup. And I know they're obviously not as bad as the team that Wayne put thirty on uh, on Monday of last week. But with that being said, they are clearly not in the same tier that they were last year. And that's and that's something that they are going to have to overcome because they, as of right now, are a lot younger of a team. When when they lost some of those older college guys, they brought in a couple of of younger high school guys. They got. Uh, I, I apologize if I get the, the last name wrong. Vinny Proieto, I believe is how it's pronounced. He graduated from Sun Valley, so at least he's right at home playing on Sun Valley uh, in that field. He'll be going to Lock Haven. They got Roman Tazi back, senior from Carroll. He'll be going to Barton College. He was a very good uh, end-of-the-order guy and also bullpen pitcher in the finals last year. And Kyle Maxwell is, I would say, probably the ace of the staff right now. Not that he was not up there last year. But the fact now that he is going to be asked to be a little bit more now that Chris Murphy's gone, now that Trevor Jump is gone, uh, and and he had a great start against Chester the other day, he's got a very good changeup. Just speaking from personal experience, and and he can mix stuff real well. And and Brian Piszolski, who I played little league baseball with when I was twelve, is apparently in their rotation, which is funny because he was a catcher back when we used to play together. I guess I mean in that time I used to you know, somehow pitch sometimes too. So I guess a lot of things change, but yeah, they're, they're going to have to rely on that pitching because the lineup, they have Brett Lesher back, the shortstop, he plays for Delaware. They have Sean Hout from Wilmington. But overall, that lineup is very different. And they were never necessarily a team that was going to slug their way to all the wins anyway, but they're going to just kind of have to hope that they can sneak in the playoffs and be the team that you don't want to face in a three-game series. You have two elite pitchers like these guys all you need is the offense and the defense to be good enough. I feel like they are going to kind of be what Chester usually is this year. I guess if that makes sense, that's that's fine if if that's how they want to play their brand of baseball. You know, it's obviously a bit of a rebuild year for them. So any experience they can get for these young guys and just try and get them that experience for the future will be good. Alright, I believe we have one team left to talk about here. That is the Marple Newtown Black Sox. And I hate to say it, there's there's really not much to talk about with them right now. They are currently sitting at 0-8 on the season. They were the only team to miss the postseason last year, and it kind of looks like they're trending in that direction right now. They're being outscored 89 to 37 right now. They did lose a heartbreaker on a walk-off grand slam for Mark Gervaisi, but it's just been it's been a tough go about it for uh, for Nick DeComb, who's the Delco League president and also the head coach of Marple Newtown. They were able to land one of the best prospects in all of Delco Baseball. That's Chris Cepito. Uh, he's the Upper Derby High School ace. He will be heading to North Carolina State after the next high school baseball season. And he's actually been doing pretty well to play. He's hitting 385 as well. I believe he's more of a pitcher first. But I, I think he's pitching more kind of in travel, you know, trying to get potentially get that name up there in, in next year's draft or, or just to kind of get on the radar but he's been able to hit there and he's holding his own for a high school kid. But this team pitching has been the biggest difficulty overall. Nobody on the team has more than 10 innings right now. And, you know, last season they, they did come close. They, they were right on the doorstep of the postseason. but for right now there's, there's overall just, there's really just not much going for them. It just hasn't really gone their way. And, look at some guys that have been there for a little while cj costales every year he just keeps putting up numbers he's hitting about 300 304 on the season tom carey back with the team as well hitting 273 uh, good to see a 2021 delta league champ jim de switch from upper derby to marble newtown because he i'm guessing probably just wanted to to play more that's a very good upper derby infield and they returned every single person so just trying to get more time Ranton in off to a bit of a slow start, but we've seen what he can do last year. He had a couple home runs, and he plays for Montclair State. Uh, I think potentially getting him going would be a big way to be able to get these guys overall, but they just need more consistency. They kind of just need to use this season. You know, there's still two-thirds of the season left for them, so it's obviously possible for them to, to make a rally because the top six out of seven teams in the Delco League make the playoffs. So you just need to crack that top six. Plenty of time for them to do that. But they got to start figuring out who their guys are. And once they do that, things are going to become a lot easier. All right, so I think we will call it for the first episode here, just so I don't run into everything in the first episode and run out of things to talk about. Uh, In the next few episodes, we'll cover some of the local Delco high school teams, how their seasons went, uh, some of the Delco college seasons. And we're going to have a couple big interviews coming up soon. Won't give anything away yet. I have a couple interviews with different players and coaches locked down, but I don't know the order which they're going to come out. So I don't want to uh, to really give that away. I will give a, a quick, quick little teaser that two of them are Delco high school baseball lungs that are playing Division One baseball uh, currently and are in their summer leagues right now. So I will leave it at that. But once again, I want to thank everybody that is still listening at this point, even anybody that tuned out a little bit earlier. Uh, it, it's something that I've really been looking forward to getting started and I'm really happy that I now have the time to do it the platform to do it and now the community do it I've had a lot of you know people reach out and say they really appreciate it and they're and they're looking forward to it and you know that's what it's all about trying to get the players the recognition trying to get coaches and and just tell stories and just form relationships and talk to people and and you know see what makes it see what makes them so successful and you know I'm, I'm hoping you guys will uh I'm gonna I'm gonna make my mom angry with this one. Uh, say that you'll enjoy this journey because she hates when it's like the ESPN you know draft special and every player talks about their journeys. But you know just to piss her off, uh, I'm gonna bring that one up here. But you know it's true. It's it's something that I think is gonna be a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to getting started. So I will see you all on the next episode here. I don't really think I have a sign off yet. Um, I think I used to say for all of us here at the Delco Media Group. Uh, We thank you for listening, but it's just me now, so uh, we'll work on that. Uh, As of right now, uh, I'll, I'll give Bryce Harper some love here and say go F yourself San Diego because I'm still mad at the Padres for breaking his thumb. All right, see you guys.